Hey boys and girls, welcome to Fireside, a weekly podcast in which I chat to my friends about what we've been playing and doing this week. Hey guys and girls, welcome to episode 14 of Fireside. I'm joined by Dan Lehman. G'day. And no one. It's just us. Just us. <laughs> just us and a bunch of beers. No us, problems. beers, board games, seriously. We've been all about card games tonight, actually. That's a dice game. Well, card and dice, then. So we've played... Um, so tonight we've played Age of War, which was recommended to me by uh, a friend, Cy. Wasn't bad. Oh, I like enjoyed it? it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think... Um, um, I mean, it's entirely being a dice game. Of course, it's entirely down to the luck of the roll. But yeah. um, I think that's what I didn't like about it. So, so basically, you've got a whole bunch of castles cards that you place in the middle of the table, and each one is worth a certain number of points. Um, and then you've got a roll, and there are certain rows called battle lines. Why am I moving my hand in the air? They I can't. don't know. It's an audible <laughs> podcast only. I appreciated the hand movements. Thank you. Don't say that. That sounds disgusting. The hand movements <laughs> on the opposite side of the table. Those gentle folk on the internet. Um, I so just know I'm going to be listening to this in my car on the way to work one morning next week, and I'm going to be shaking my head at what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You're our only listener, so <laughs> all's well. <laughs> Blessed V-Feed Burner stats. Oh, well, I'm still going to vote it up with. <laughs> so you play the castles on the table. You roll seven die. And there are things called battle lines. So one will be roll six swords, one will be roll an arrow and a guy on a horse, one will be all that sort of stuff. And you basically have to keep rolling um, and use your dice to claim battle lines on the card. And once you've got enough battle lines, you actually claim that castle. The trick is, if you roll and you don't manage to claim any battle lines on a roll, you actually have to take one of the dice out, like, out of the game, lock it, and then um, roll the remainder of the dice. So with each consecutive roll, you're getting fewer and fewer dice until you can't get a castle. And then whoever collects the most castle cards by the end of the game um, wins. So very simple, very easy to play. You can open a beer on the no, podcast. that's fine. I just didn't right. make too much noise. As we discover with a couple of geeks like us, unfortunately it leads into conversations about the odds of rolling given oh, sides yeah. on a six-sided dice times three. Yeah, and... Get this, this prick, <laughs> right? <laughs> talked me. We were talking about the odds of one particular roll, and he said, "No, no, no." Well, you demonstrated that the odds were better if I went a certain route. And I went, yeah, okay, and I did it. Next turn, his turn has the exact same decision, and he didn't. <laughs> he didn't make the same choice. I really hope Pato's listening because he would appreciate the trollism just then. <laughs> <laughs> well, my odds were still better than yours. So. And neither of us won a castle, so you can That's go true, eat a bag yeah, of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back to the hands under the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this podcast is brought to you by Peroni. <laughs> Many of. What are we at? They're delicious. And we're done. Oh, we've been going easy tonight. Nearly well, under 12, but we'll get there. Yeah. That's fine. We'll finish them off properly. And then we played... Um, well, you can mm, talk about that. Yes. Because that was actually... It I really enjoyed it. Like, I think, like you said, so uh, 
Uh, it's a game I backed on Kickstarter. It's called Avignon, Clash of Popes, um, by uh, John Dubois. He's done a series of these, and he, he calls them wallet games. They, they fit into a uh, effectively a, a double wallet the size of, you know, a, a, effectively a credit card. Um, and it's it's quite it seems quite simple in approach. You you're both vying for the position of pope, and uh, you perform a series of actions that uh, uh, either send cards towards your opponent or draw them away. And the idea is to build a congregation, and the first of a congregation of three um, wins. But there's some special win conditions along the way, and and certain actions that you perform on certain characters. Um, can potentially drive cards towards your opponent unexpectedly if you don't read properly. Uh, well, that worked in two ways. It stopped me from winning the game once as well, if you recall. Look, to be honest, ha ha! Here's my move. I win the game. Fuck you! And then you're like, no, no, no. no what no, that actually what says is, and then the next turn he won anyway. Um, <laughs> look, to be honest, for a game that I backed for eight dollars US on Kickstarter, I really can't complain. Um, um, and it will certainly make me pay more attention to to his campaigns in the future because I think there's a lot of potential for games like that um, but um, look I'd, I'd probably want to play it at least two or three more times to be sure might bring it to the next AD games day I was going to say we've got a, I've got a we sign go. for it that is, it a is proper sign a proper sign not yeah. computer paper this time yeah. it is only a two player game I guess that's that's born out of the desire to make this an extraordinarily portable easy to stick in your shirt pocket type game but, um, you know, those are often the best sorts mm. of games. Reminds me a bit of the... Um, have you played any of the pocket sports games? Oh, a couple of them, yeah. Yeah, so it reminds me of that yeah. as well. You've got this small, portable game you can just mm. take with you. Except that's... Well, not except. I was going to say except that's really good. I like the pocket <laughs> sports ones as well. <laughs> they were good too. <laughs> if there's any pocket sports games developers out there, we didn't mean to... Well, you're only listening, so... Yeah, true. So I didn't design any, so I'm okay. Okay. I I won't be offended by what was just said. Dodged a bullet. Thank God for that. (laughs) But Mm. yeah, Uh, what else have we been doing? So last week, last weekend... All right, no, end of last podcast. I said I'm going to talk about rockets and robots. And I reminded you of it just before this. I'm damn well going to speak about it. Especially as I played it with you. So that... Yeah, Yeah, we played a few times. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So we've played it. Well, we've played it a few times now. We've played two play games yep. and three play games and four play games. Mm. So it's a basic set collection game. You draw cards and you have a mixture of actions uh, and robot cards. <clears throat> and there are a number of rockets on the table, and each has a number of seats. So say you've got a rocket that says it's going to Venus and Mars. Venus is coloured green. Mars is coloured blue. And the rocket has six seats. So you've got a whole bunch of robot cards in your hand. They've all got numbers and colours. So you might have three green robots. What did I say green was? Green and blue. Um, uh, Mars Venus? and Venus. Or Venus, Venus and Mars, right. one of the two. All right, so say it's whatever I said two seconds Whichever ago planet that was I've green forgotten. <laughs> say you've got... All right, forget the planets. Peroni's green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so say you've got uh, number three green in your hand. You can play that on a green rocket and you've filled three of those seats. And whoever fills the rocket first... Um, places that face down in front of them and they've, they've effectively filled and put the last passenger on, so apparently they get all the money for that rocket. Mm. It's a strange way of working, but fine. Um, a real good thing, or a real tricky thing that I enjoyed about it, though, was if you had multiple cards in your hand of the same colour, you can put them all down at once. Mm. So you might have a three, a two, and a one in green. You can put them all down at once to make six, which I thought was really cool. And the actions are cool. You can lock a rocket for a turn. You can steal rockets from the other player. 
Um, you can transfer rockets between uh, transfer passengers. Robots, yep. Ro- robots between rockets. And you, um, you do have one. The last action is the force field to negate the, uh, the tractor beam that steals rockets from which you. everyone just holds on to yeah, until <laughs> until it yeah. ends up being a useless car. It, it bears mentioning too that if you have actions in your hand that you don't like, especially near the beginning of the game, you can discard those to get two more uh, effectively robot cards into your hand, potentially increasing your hand's value. I think, but you don't get much benefit from that though, because that brings your hand limit up to six. And then you have to discard or play a robot anyway, so yeah, I guess you're, you're sort of playing the odds. You're hoping to get maybe a couple of high value cards, maybe a couple of threes in yeah. there of a particular colour that ship. might finish off a, a rocket on the next round or yeah. even at the end of that round. I think the thing I like is that there's um, there's sufficient balance between limiting what a player can do. So you have to play only robots of a given colour. You can't say, well, here's three red and two blue, and I filled that mm, rocket and that's yeah. fine. You can only play the red or the blue, yeah. um, which Gives you pause because you might see them go. Well, there's a rocket that needs six passengers. I've got four of them in one particular color, but hang on, someone else could easily have a two or two yeah, ones. So you don't want to play the. So four. you go. Well, screw it. I might put that four over there on the on the rocket that needs twelve passengers, um, and then you know I've got a robot transfer action for next yeah, hand, exactly. next turn that lets me move that across potentially. Um, so I think it's a really good balance between sort of the tactical during a turn, but the strategic about got to think two moves ahead. Um, yeah, and especially when you get to the end of the game too. Yeah. So I'll tell you the rules I was playing, which were wrong first. Um, but in my defense, We've I been think that's because... <laughs> no, no, no. Well, yeah, but no, yeah, that's not, yeah, but that's that's not, not my defense. That's, you know, that's a daily... A statement of yeah, fact. That's breakfast got to do with how I performed during the day. <laughs> um, the um, now in my defence, I don't think the instructions are overly clear. Mm. Um, so I spoke with Sai, uh, who developed the game, yep. um, and I actually showed him. So in the instruction book, it shows the cards in the set up your table. Mm. <clears throat> it shows the cards face down, and then the wording of the instructions is: at the end of the game, the person who has the fewest number of rockets draws the first contract card. So there are four contract cards. One is blue, one is orange, one is green, one is red. red. One per planet. Yeah, one per planet. And what you do is you take turns drawing from lowest to highest uh, number of rockets, uh, drawing contracts into your hand, um, and then you only score passengers that you have delivered to those planets. So say I drew yellow planet, I would not be able to score any points for the green or the red or the blue cards that I happen to have collected from my robot. So playing into the strategy, it really forces you to... You have to take you, a mixed you either, approach. You either yeah. go absolutely nuts and hope that you'll get the colour you want, mm. or you try to hedge your bets a little and get a, a mix of everything. It made it interesting in the two-player variant too, because then you each draw two of those contracts. Mm. So effectively, it, you could you could say that it increases your chances of getting the right robots, but you're still just as unaware about which contract you will get at the very end of the game. Well, yeah, except that, except that, and this is where I got the rules wrong. Mm. So the way I read the rules, the setup thing has a card shown face down. In actual fact, at the end of the game, you turn all four contract cards face up so everyone can see them. And the person with the least number of robots has first pick of the contracts, which so we did in that So if you've player. kept track of how many... Well, no, you're allowed to look at your robots first. 
So you look at your robots oh, and you go, right. oh, and well, yeah, yeah. we did do that. Remember? Yes, we did. Yes, yes. Just yes. on the recent the game, so we, we played we did, a few. Yeah. yeah, we did a random. So, so dear listener, myself, um, the the first time we played <laughs> hi through. Hi, me. Um, hey, listen, turn around. No, it's all right. I'll give you that advice separately. Um <laughs> So the interesting thing was that we, what we did the very first time we played is we randomly dealt out those cards yeah. and went, ah, oh, fuck, I got well, blue, but I've only got red and green robots here. Do you remember so, I was saying, why does it why does it care yeah. who gets to pick the card first? Because they're upside down and True. shuffled. Yeah, because that's right. Yeah. So we, we played <laughs> half correct where we said, well, the one with the least number of rockets gets to grab the first card Hey, blind, it's, it's still which a really good variant. Adds no benefit, but yeah, yeah anyway. I, I still found it a good variant because that meant mm. you really had to hedge your bets on your strategy and try to the make only, sure your ships were the right mix. The only, um, I think, the only bit of ambiguity for me, and I know you spoke to Sai about it, was the orbit action where you mm. get to effectively lock a robot so no one else, no one else can place um, any robots on that rocket until it's your until after your next turn, so that that orbit expires on the beginning of your next turn. For for, for those familiar, me, um, <laughs> it's a bit like the handmade card in Love Letter, right? So oh, effectively, yeah. it's untouchable for a turn. Yeah. Um, but we were playing originally saying, well, the robot transfer still works in, in terms of stealing robots from that rocket because all the orbit does, according to its action, is prevents people from placing robots on that rocket. Mm. Um, which I didn't mind because it meant the orbit card wasn't all powerful. Yeah, yeah. But according some... to what mm. Sai said to you, that's not the the spirit of the the orbit card is that. Yeah. You can't so even the touch idea the is right. So you put your even though you play the orbit first, what that says is right at the end of my turn, this ship's going into orbit. Yep. So you play your orbit card. You let your robots get on. You shuffle it off into orbit. Yep. And then when your turn comes around, it comes back to the station. Blah blah blah. So of course you can't do a robot transfer because it's. Yeah. Off in orbit of, I assume, on Earth or something. But it does make sense. He it's did say that version... Other, other yeah. travel so version planes. two of the game, they're yeah. actually going to have that clarified in the instructions. But yeah. I tell you what... I like the variant we played, though, because, mm. it, like I said, it meant the yeah, orbit wasn't more powerful. Every, mm. every action, no matter how powerful, needs to have a counteraction. That's where you get that balance. And I don't well, know. I think our version was better. Tell Sai. He'll fix it. He'll fix it. Are you listening to this, Sai? Sai? I'll tell you that it's... But look, I, I absolutely loved it. I'm writing a review of it now, and, and spoilers, I'll probably be giving it a 9 or a 9.5, because it was just... For me, it's right up there with uh, No Thanks, uh, Sushi Go... I was going to say Dominion, but Dominion's a different... That's that's upper level Even in love strategy. Letter. It's that simple, quick yeah, to I set up, like quick love to play. Letter that much. Yeah. I know you do, but... In terms, yeah. of, in terms of simple to set up, simple to play, simple to learn, um, it's right up there. You know, mm. and for me, and and I know it's the same for you. With kids in the house, those sorts of games are invaluable. Yeah, you know, yeah, you've got definitely. twenty minutes before bedtime, and the kids go, "What do we do? Hey, let's play a game." And you knock out a quick one or two round game of, of you know a card game like that. Mm. That's it's great. But the thing is, and this is, I think I touched on this at the end of last podcast, is that it's that it's good for kids because it's a good game. Mm. It's not good for kids because it's a dumbed-down game like Snap is good for kids or Uno is good for kids because I don't particularly like either of those games. I mean, they're all right, but anyway, suitable for the audience, etc., etc. It's it's a good game because it's a good game, and I can happily play that with adults as well as kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Look, and and I think... um, Yes, I gave uh, Love Letter an 8 on... um, 
the Another Dungeon review. That's not so bad. I feel good giving Robots and Rockets <laughs> a nine. That <laughs> that still matches know, up to I me. I know you're not a huge fan, but oh, um, eight's a very good score. I think six, um, uh, five or below would be not a yeah. huge fan. I just. What I don't like about Love Letter... I'm not going to let you finish that sentence. What, <laughs> I, what I don't like about Love Letter... At this point, I've hit pause and I've got fuck you, at the radio, in the oh, car. I paused the recording <laughs> ten minutes ago. <laughs> Didn't I tell you? My laptop ran out of battery. Screw um, you, we're out of here. I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> but what I don't like is that your, your strategy is limited. You've only ever got two cards in your hand. You can card count, but... Quite often, you've only really got one of two. I don't know. It works well. It's like uh, Die Monsters. I was yep. playing that with Kirsty last night, and I love Die Monsters. That's another great game. I love but, it. But it's well, Die Monsters has the same thing I don't like about Age of War, which is that mm. it's so heavily based on luck. Uh, well, yes and no. I mean, with Die Monsters, there's an element of. So you remember when you and I first played Die Monsters? We kept bidding the yeah. same fucking game yeah, but every all right. single time. All right, this is one thing I was saying to Kirsty last night. This is why I like playing Quirkle against you. Why I like playing Magic the Gathering against you. Why I like playing against you so much. You and I spend half of our game figuring out our strategy and half our game trying to figure out what the other prick is thinking and negating or That's, sabotaging their strategy. To me, the, the real pleasure in playing games against you is trying to fuck you up. It's, it's, it's not about winning. It's just about stopping you from winning. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like yeah. We're so closely matched. Yeah. I think our strategies are, are somewhat similar when we approach a game. I think so, you're right. Yeah. I don't know if it's good or bad. But I was saying that, yeah, and right, with Die Monsters, it was the same. We went, ah, well, now he's done that, he's going to do this. So he's going to do that, so I'll do this. And you've meanwhile done the same thing. Three, three, fuck! Yeah, end up in an ever-present circle, ever-descending circle of doing the same thing. It's just, yep. yeah, wheels, yeah. Um, but I, I, get, I, I do get your point, um, that you're limited. But the thing is that, I don't know, I've played a lot of it where it's just two-player, me and one of the kids, or i played a lot of four-player love letter. Um, and Four I th- player I love a lot yeah, better than two. I think I appreciate it when there's more than two players. Yeah, same. Um, because, for, you know, so many of the actions on those cards, you choose which player you're going to affect with those actions. Mm. And based on things that they've done previously or cards they've played, pre- played previously, your strategy will adjust accordingly. And mm. that, to me, is, is, is part of the fun of Love Letter. Yeah. As a two-player variant, it's too quick and it's too easy. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I feel, especially if, especially if you just, know who you're playing against yeah. well. Well, if it's just me and you one know. of the kids and, and, you know, poor Christian, you know, he's he's got no <laughs> guile. He's got no... He, he, he couldn't lie to save his life. You yeah, know, that's like and, me and, and bloody resistance. I hate that game. <laughs> Everybody knows when I'm lying. Everybody. Like I taught Christian coup, and yeah. and within three games, I read every single fucking guard in his hand <laughs> just by his expressions, and I felt bad for the kid. But you know, he's well, wait until um, not that I've pre-recorded this, but next weekend <laughs> when the exploding kittens thing comes up. Yep. Have a look at the video. You'll see Indion, like, I think his third draw, he draws a card and he goes, Oh! I can't and wait. Lily and I are both like, Oh, diffuse Indy? Did you destroy Diffuse? I can't wait for both Indy and Christian to reach the age oh. of majority and we can play poker against them. I know. Because <laughs> we will clean up. We will. Man, we can give them as much pocket money as they like. We're going to get it back. back. Totally, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, but look, I think. Um, you know, and it, it to me, um, love letter does fit into that mix. In the special last few weeks, 
to me, it's it, it, I've, it's been nothing but just looking for those simple, quick games to play. Yeah, well, um, that's perfect, and that's where Rockets and Robots fits in for mm. me. It's it's so it's so simple in its approach. It mm. takes or borrows takes mimics elements of, of other favourite games of mine, uh, like Ticket to Ride, for instance. Mm. I love Ticket to Ride to Death. I love it on Android. I love it on the tabletop. I just I love that game, mm. and the kids feel the same way. But the yeah. setup and the and the the gameplay is quite. It's not onerous, but it takes a little bit of effort. You've got to be ready to sit down and play that game for half an hour plus. Mm. Um, well, and there's all the setup and everything. Kirsty yeah. and I tried it last night with the Europe board, so we spent half the fucking time. And where the hell is this? Are those letters even formed to make a word? I can't wait for the Welsh edition. Right? It's just not a, not a single fucking vowel on the board, right? No. Well, those are, the, the Europe edition was weird. It has yeah. these tickets. And you know how it's got the picture on the ticket to give you a guide as to where it is? Yeah, yeah. The bottom of the the board starts halfway up the ticket. And we figured it out halfway through. We're like, this is why we're getting so confused. The map that we're using... Because we don't know where the cities are, of course. We're looking for the... I mean, other than the obvious ones. Well, oh, yeah, Paris, Frankfurt, whatever. Yeah, Yeah, those ones. But um, I'll tell you what. If you like Robots and Rockets, uh, last Games Day... I know you played size drafting, some drafting game he yep. was playing around yep. with. Yeah, that one he's still he's still testing. You, you, sort you of played stopped his hotel that. game. That looked interesting. Well, I was going to say, the hotel game was freaking amazing. Tell me about it. I told him, mm. as soon as he gets a publisher, tell me who it is and I'll pre-order it. Yep. I'm, I like it that much. It looked good. So, yeah. basically, it's, there are some similar concepts like with the colour. So, everyone draws... Everyone draws a number of hotel rooms into their hands. You start off, and down the bottom, you've got four um, base cards. They're all square cards. Yep. And each of the base cards will have the number one on the top of it. So you'll have a number of cards in your hand, and on the four sides of the card, there'll be a number one, two, three, four, or five, I think. Yep. And each room is coloured. Not being racist. Each it's type of colour. Each type of room. <laughs> each so type of room is coloured. So you'll have a double suite, a single yep. suite, a restaurant. So a restaurant's a good one. I think um, I saw a gym in there, a gymnasium. Yep, a yep, gym. Yep. So each card's coloured. It's got a special action. Yep. Um, so like the restaurant, for example, because I said you can never have too many restaurants in a hotel. <laughs> Right. has a question mark on every side. So you can match that up against anything. Right. Right? Oh, um, so the idea is the numbers on those cards have to be matched up with yeah, the same number on, sorry, on yeah, the neighbouring yeah, yeah. cards. So at the start of the game, so you have to play a card with yeah. a number one on it. Right? Or So you do that, and you can play any number of cards that you can play in a turn. Mm. So say you've got a number one card that has a one on the bottom and a two on the top, and then you've got one that's got a two on the bottom and a three on the top, and a three on the bottom and a four on the top, you can play all three cards of them at the same time. Do they have to go sequentially, or yeah. can you do... Right. No, they have to and, go and sequentially. Because the theory is that it's an empty hotel. right? It's already been built. Ignore yeah. the fact the cards aren't there. And you're designers, and you're meeting customer contracts. You're saying, right, yep. we're going to build this room. And then, so... Okay, so you place down your cards... And they colour in the squares, if you like, because it's all a grid, because they're all square tiles. Yep. Okay. The way you earn points and win the game is via... I've forgotten what they're called, but they're essentially developer requests. Yep. Right? And they look like uh, tetronomos. So yep. you'll have four, square, uh, four green squares in a square. Yep. Or you'll have four green squares in that little S shape. Yep, yep. Or you'll have four green squares in a straight line. So your goal, they're all secret in your hand, much the same as Ticket to Ride with your... Um, 
And so your destination yeah, and, and ticket. I, so I caught you guys at the end of that game. You, you yeah. get points if you fulfil that shape and colour. Yeah, or you so get three dollars. Yeah, shape. so three dollars yeah. fulfilling the shape and colour. One dollar fulfilling the shape, and minus one dollar if you don't fill any of them. Right. So the point, the goal is to get to the end of the game and have the most number of points. So you can yep. draw new contracts at any time. Again, and same so some of those arrive. actions you were talking about, each card has yeah. different actions. So what they do is some of them let you flip cards over. Yep. So on the opposite side of a card, it's just grey. Yep. And what that does is it's grey, but it doesn't have any numbers. Mm-hmm. So if you've got one and then a two and then a grey card, you still have to join a two on the other side of that grey card, right? Gotcha. Yep. So the point behind that is that you keep flipping over cards. And also... Because they're great, you can put cards down upside down. So actions will be choose two cards and flip them. So sorry, I'll go back here. Yep. So say you've got nothing you can play in your hand. Yep. You've got to play on your turn. So you can play one, two, or three cards face down, and then draw your hand back up to get new cards in your hand. Uh-huh. And you can go. Oh, I remember that that orange is there face down. Blah blah yep. blah. Then you can play a card that has a special turn any two face-down rooms face-up. Or another one that says turn one face-up room face-down. So, you know, if you're Tim, uh, you spend all the time making sure that nobody can get any... No, Paul. It was Paul. Paul. uh, Yeah. yeah. Paul got to the point where, shit, he nearly won it too. (coughs) It was a really clever strategy. He kept one customer contract. And he knew everyone had it, and he spent his whole game trying to get it so that no four-block combinations were present on the board because he figured if he ended the game like that, he's going to lose the least out of everyone. (laughs) And it nearly worked. He very nearly won the game. That's a lot of foresight. Well, because we all had these... We'd all drawn extra contracts and were fighting to get the most points. We never thought to... You know, lose the least as a, a means of winning. Cheeky bugger, I'm but, sorry uh, I invited him. Um, it's, um, so it's, it's really amazingly balanced. Like for, and, and it's a prototype, but it's amazingly well balanced. And, I just and remember fun. a question I was thinking about when you were explaining it. Though, So each type of room, uh, so there was you know, single suites, double suites, gyms, and presumably those are represented not only by name but colour. So yeah, so the, the name is, is relating whatever. to a colour. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are all those cards identical with the numbers on the on each side? Yes. Right. So every okay. restaurant so a gym will always have, have yeah. you know, a two or three or whatever in a certain yep. position on that on one of those four sides. And so the last card that has different colour oh hang on. They might be different colours. I don't think they are, but right. they I know the penthouses are. So the last card you can get is a penthouse. It's yep. got a number five on the bottom yep. and that finishes the tower. Right. So, right? That hotel so you've got was then four towers, yeah. Yep. And once you've got the four towers up the top, yep. the, the thing is finished. But don't forget, you could have a penthouse upside down played somewhere by someone to get rid of their card. Yep. So it could still be there somewhere else. Right. You have to suspend Are there any special then actions that then turn a card back from... Yeah, yeah, loads of them. So that's what I'm saying. You have to suspend belief. If you flip over a penthouse that's in the middle of a tower... Yep then that tower can't be built on anymore and you just have to pretend that you can ignore that the, the layers above the, the penthouse don't exist. Yeah, you can still flip cards and stuff, but you can't build so, on it. But that being the case, those layers above that penthouse, let's say that happened, could they still contribute towards you finishing your developer's contracts? Yeah, 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 yeah your coloured squares. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. So when we played with Tim, his opening move, <laughs> which I believe I suggested to... Si- all right, I'll, I'll tell you what he did first. So his opening move was to put a penthouse... At the, right. at the start of a he hotel. He had a restaurant 
which was all question marks, and a penthouse. So you had one tower closed off right from the word That's dot. just typical better. Yeah. Well, get this. So I was on a, a, a Google Hangouts discussion thing last night with some yeah. developers, and there's... There's a lot of people, I forgot one, I think they call them game breakers. Yeah. It's guys who, when you yeah. play a game with them... They specialise in trying to fuck a game up. Yeah. yeah. And they're extremely valuable. Yeah. Don't take that to your head, Tim. Yeah. They're yeah. extremely You're valuable. You're not valuable, Pato. Not at all, mate. Not at all. Not at all. Um, but yeah, they're extremely valuable to the development process because they're the ones that will find the holes in your game yeah. rather than probably people like uh, me and you. Well... We'd identify holes if we see them, but we don't actively see no, them, we don't so we'll miss a lot of yeah, yeah. yeah, so so um, some people call them trolls. I would just call them bloody-minded assholes. So their <laughs> job is, and, and it's about serving, you know, their job is to serve the community by, by figuring out those. It's a, it's a necessary evil, is yeah. what I'm going to call it. <laughs> All right, Tim, you're a necessary evil. There you go, Tim. All right, we've got yeah. three minutes left. Do you want to talk about Blockus or Quirkle? Blockus or Quirkle? Oh my God, Blockus was great. Well, let's let's do Blockus. We'll do okay because I knew Quirkle. I didn't think Quirkle was great until we played on the weekend. But I think that's because I played it with someone other than my I kids. Call that surprisingly All awesome. Right. Blockus was good. Blockus. So Blockus, um, talk us through it, Dave. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm one more beer on than you, so you just had a better chance of getting it right. <laughs> oh, well, I better you can talk and I'll drink. Um, so Blockus is basically you've got a, a grid. It's a Mattel game, so they've got the money to make everything out of plastic where other people would have to use cards. So it's a custom-built game. You've got these translucent, uh, not tetronomos because they're not all four squares, they're, uh, but they're similar shapes. So you've got... Oh, shit, how do you explain it? So every player has a colour. Yeah. There's four colours. There's up to four players. If it's a two-player game, then you're each playing you know, split personality. Two, two colours, yep. And, and the colours go in a specific order. Um you can only place uh, your your shaped tile, which is made up of individual squares, but in different shapes. So imagine Tetris shapes. Yep. Um, and you can only play them when they join with another shape of the same colour on a diagonal corner. If they overlap on a single square, that's an illegal move. And so they have to touch on a corner. They you have can't, to touch on a corner. You can't just put anything. one out in the middle of no man's land. You have to join to any other tile you've previously placed. It has to be touching at a diagonal corner, and that's it. Yeah, that's the only rule. Mm. And the win the win condition is when no one else can play any more of those shapes, and those with the least number of points left in front of them, points being individual squares on those shapes. Wins. Yeah. So some of them are single square simple. ones. I mean, what looked but, like oh. a potentially complex game yeah. was so simple to learn and understand. We had Indian Christian playing it within minutes last <laughs> weekend. Yep. Um, and they thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And um, then you've got yeah. you and I playing it, and our strategies <laughs> were so different. Like oh, you see those different. guys, and they're going, where can I move? And we're going, where can I, where can I block him from <laughs> moving? So the but problem I, is that I, you can... You can, you can do some blocking moves, of course, because you can overlap a different colour mm. quite easily. Um, but, but you've you got to easily, block the right the way. The problem is you fall into the trap of focusing on diagonal corner joints, even when it, when you're looking at touching on other colours. Mm. You sit and go, ah, that'll fuck him up. And you go, ah, oh, shit, that hasn't actually stopped him from yeah, doing it. He can diagonally ride through. He can still diagonally yeah. ride through me. Um, and, and it was tremendously clever. We'll definitely simplicity. have to do a, uh, a how to play, I reckon, yeah, yeah, to definitely. show preferably like that first game we played 
where I managed to block you off twice because I figured out a <laughs> yeah, strategy yeah, halfway that, through. And went, that's not going to happen again unless you block No, I know. It me, didn't but, happen again. Yeah. It, I think you won the game afterwards because <laughs> you went, oh, yeah, that's a good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. very, very cool. And you learned very early on that the, the shapes in front of you that represent only one, two or three individual little squares uh, are the most valuable to keep until mm. the end because they'll get you out of strife. Yeah. We almost n- never can't play a, a small one like that. Yeah. Almost never. Almost never. Because it's very hard to to block off all corners of a square. Because like, mm. they range from, I think the most is probably eight or nine squares, the yeah. shape. Uh, and then... I'm thinking smaller, maybe seven. You know, there was, there's one shape that's a, like a yeah. two by three square, but with an extra block up top. Yeah, and so there's that zigzaggy one with yeah. the bit hanging off the side. It's um, we'll do a let's play and check Definitely. it out there because yeah. it's it's well worth. It surprised me yeah. being a Mattel game and only available Mattel in like a big a W. Yeah. yeah, I was like, nah, is it going to be like? We'll talk on another episode how they've fucked Mousetrap. Jesus. Anyway, I saw, about I, that saw that, I saw that. I looked at the box and I, I almost bought it because I, I was like, wept. oh, they can't. I almost yeah. wept. I looked at it and realized it wasn't the game I grew up yeah. with. Anyway, I, I assumed wrongly that it was in that <laughs> category of games. It's like yeah. the Mattel thing that they can just mass mark. And it is an absolutely amazing game. It really blew me away. The build quality is great. Yeah. It's, the strategy is phenomenal. Another one you can play with. Anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Now, I wrote this down this week. So we're already late, but fuck it. Uh, you can find us on the Podbrose Network. Uh, we are alongside loads of other great podcasts. As much as it pains me to say this, great podcasts like Tim's The Another Dungeon podcast. Who listens to that shit? It, is, it isn't that great. It's pretty shitty. But, you know, listen, he, he feels bad if people don't listen. We love you, Tim. Um, and that covers uh, like latest video games, news, all that sort of stuff. Um, but Andy, who was on last week, uh, he and his wife actually do one called the AB Film Review, which if you're into film is well worth listening to. Um, a good game is to, uh, you can actually, I I just thought of this actually. Hmm. All right. We'll have a listen to it after this, Dan. And every time Bernadette calls Andrew a cunt, you have to have a drink. (laughs) We're going to be smashed. Awesome. So fast. So Andy (laughs) is on the forums, is he Jingles? He's Jingles Uh on the Another Dungeon forums, yeah. Right, okay. That is him. Good-o. Yeah, so he does a a review site with his, his wife. They are both major film nuts. They met on a film forum. Um, I've got... They've got photos of them with Margaret and David, and they're just, they go and see like four or five films a week. I don't know how he's got time to talk about Have games. They got kids? No. Well, that's how they do it. No. <laughs> I guess films aren't that long, and they're, they're a dedic- like they're a set time commitment, right? But they do it. So it's, not, it's, a, it's not about them being long, yeah. it's about being able to get out of the friggin' house. <laughs> just say, oh, I've got to work back tonight. And then uh, we go and see, you know, Batman vs. Superman. I hope Kirsty's not listening. She's just over there. <laughs> <laughs> um,. The uh, you can beside that you can subscribe to. Yeah, I'm going back to my notes now. <laughs> you can subscribe to Fireside on iTunes. Um, if you do like it though, please leave us a review. As um, I learnt recently, it does actually help. Um, well, I thought it was just iTunes bollocks, and I'm like, oh, I don't care if people, as long as my um, feed burner says people are listening, that's cool. You don't have to leave a review right now, Dan. That's oh, right. Or am that. I boring you? Am I? No, no, that's fine. I was just you know. <laughs> Check them, check them as stocks. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> we also do written articles at anotherdungeon.com. Um, I do a How to Play series. Uh, played and absolutely kicked the shit out of Dan at Splendor. It was a really. I wouldn't. I wouldn't characterize it as kicking the shit out of me. Did you win? It was a convincing win. Did you win? It was a convincing Did win. Did you win? You didn't kick the shit out of me. <laughs> I still have plenty of shit left. <laughs> <laughs> He's also probably a lot stronger than me. So <laughs> I'm going to stop saying I kicked the shit out of him now and uh, move on to where else. Oh, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, all that crap. Thank you very much for listening. Speak to you next week. See ya. Bye.